Station radio show. This is Chris Steiner, your host. The website is theliberationstation.com. That's T-H-E, liberationstation.com. Coming up in the second hour, very excited to have Robert Scott Bell of robertscottbell.com. Talk show host and homeopath join us for the full hour, and he will be taking your calls. We'll talk about a myriad of health issues, of political healing, personal healing, economic healing, ecological healing. healing. Those are the themes that our two shows share in common. So I'm very pleased to have him on the air, him also being a um, veteran of uh, talk radio for 19 years. You can check out uh, his information at theliberationstation.com. And that, that uh, page for this particular edition, the October 16th edition, it has been already updated. So uh, we look forward to hearing from him. And uh, he's also uh, on the Genesis Communications Network. I'll just do a quick intro so we don't take up his time when he gets on the air. Uh, he's on the GCN Genesis Communications Network, not to be confused with GNC, which sells very substandard products, in my opinion, and uh, full of uh, certain additives that I would never, you couldn't pay me to to eat. So um, we'll be having him, and uh, he is on uh, Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And on Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm trying to get my mouse working. That seems to have just uh, given out. Good thing I have some batteries here next to me. So if you give me just a moment. There we go. I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's picked a good time to fail here. So um, I guess I'll just use the hot keys on my keyboard for the time being. <laughs> Figured... Uh, I always need to have a backup for my backups. And uh, we also have uh, announcements to make here. If you give me just a moment as I work my keyboard. All right. Bear with me, folks. I'm having a hard time here without a mouse, so I'm going to have to resurrect it and uh there we go i think this will work nah unfortunately <laughs> somebody sabotaged my mouse and my batteries gosh i have five of them here um so uh, i'm sorry control room i can't read your messages um now i'll just uh i guess i'll just start out uh, i i heard that you sent me a message uh let's see i think i can perhaps uh, get the Facebook message. Okay. All right, yeah, I can read you control room. We're all set on our communications covertly. Now, uh, to start out, uh, just a quick announcement that coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, October 17th in St. Petersburg at Central Cafe is a free film screening of Drone. That's at Community Cafe 2444 Central Avenue. That's 2444 Central Avenue in St. Petersburg, Florida, 33712. 
Uh, that's uh, St. Pete for Peace. If you'd like to connect with some great folks and have some group support over videos like this that you can watch together. Drone, the documentary Drone follows people on both sides of the drone technology. The unique access to drone victims in Waziristan is juxtaposed to drone pilots who struggle to come to terms with the new warfare. The film covers diverse and integral ground from the re recruitment of young pilots at gaming conventions and the redefinition of quote unquote going to war to the moral stance of engineers behind the technology, the world leaders giving the secret green light to engage in the biggest targeted killing program in history and the people's willing to stand up against the violations of civil liberties and fight for transparency, accountability, and justice. It's a one hour, 18 minutes. Now we do have an escalation in the drone attacks by tyrant Trump, even more than Barack Obama, the butcher and the bushwhacker before him. So this is still a very prescient issue, even though it's not very much uh, covered by the false left, the false liberals, and even the those who claim to be anti-war, pro-peace, but are not because they just won't criticize our current president, whether he's this president or, at the time, Barack Obama, over this issue, the, the cowardly issue of drone bombing folks without any kind of uh, due process uh, without uh, any regard for collateral damage of those around the target who get injured and murdered. So that is a community cafe tomorrow, Wednesday, October 17th from 4.05 to 7.05 p.m. 2444 Central Avenue, St. Petersburg, Florida. And it is another one of their weekly Film, free film viewings sponsored by St. Pete for Peace at stpeteforpeace.org or find them on Facebook. Tomorrow also marks a milestone in world history, the second country on the planet legalizing recreational cannabis, also known as marijuana. And that country is Canada. So congratulations, Canada, on your cannabis legalization. Next, I'm going to give an article. Uh, before I do, though, you're welcome to reach me here with this or any news you'd like to cover. You'd like uh, to bring up anything that is out of the current conversation. You're welcome to reach us here at 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. And toll free, 866-826. 1340. That's 866-TAN-1340. The website is the station.com. That's T-H-E And please hit the donate button just to uh, thank those who've already donated. Though uh, I'd really like to turn this hobby into something that's more community sponsored so that I won't have to get sponsors, although I may have to make a hybrid community sponsored, corporate sponsored radio show, in which case I, I really don't want to do that, but uh, in which case I would have to reluctantly um, perhaps uh, not promote those products and services that I truly believe in. 
because I wouldn't want to offend a sponsor. So I'm encouraging the community listening. If you want the show to continue as a completely unbiased community sponsored show, then please just hit the donate button with whatever you're able to afford there on the homepage on deliberationstation.com. The article now I shall cover is now that I have the mouse working well is from the Children's Medical Safety Research Institute. That is the cmsri.org. It is entitled First of Its Kind Survey Shows Vaccinated Children Get Sicker. And it was posted May 5th, 2017, but it's still just as relevant. Posted by Claire Dwoskin. And it starts out. Children who receive fewer vaccinations are less likely to develop chronic illnesses. The scientific publication Journal of Translational Science. So this is a establishment medical journal. Journal of Translational Science has just published one of the first surveys to formally assess the longer term health outcomes associated with the United States routine childhood vaccination. And control room, I am reading your messages. So to continue, primarily authored by Dr. Anthony R. Mawson, a public health epidemiologist with an extensive and proven track record in children's health research, the study concluded that vaccinated children were much more likely to have been diagnosed with a chronic illness, including allergies and learning disabilities, when compared to unvaccinated children. And by the way, just to interject, as Robert Scott Bell pointed out recently, I just uh, need to correct that. You can't unvaccinate someone once they've been vaccinated, unfortunately, because you can't remove uh, the the uh, effects of uh, something that's been injected, especially. Or you, you can't unswallow something that you've digested similarly. So as Robert Scott Bell, our next hour's guest, is pointing out that uh, we should start using the term non-vaccinated. Now, continuing the article, in addition, 7.5% of the 666 children that's an odd number, in the study had been diagnosed with a neurodevelopmental disorder, or NDD. The carefully designed cross-sectional survey focused on responses from 415 mothers of 666 homeschooled children between the ages of 6 and 12. The study was divided into three subgroups, fully vaccinated, partially vaccinated, and unvaccinated, or to correct that, non-vaccinated each comprising roughly one-third of the sample. Participants were asked about physician diagnoses of 40 acute and chronic illnesses. While children in the vaccinated group were significantly less likely than unvaccinated children to be reported as having had chickenpox or pertussis, there were no meaningful differences between the groups for other diseases targeted by vaccines. Additionally, vaccinated children were significantly more likely to, be, to have been diagnosed with middle ear infections and pneumonia. And just to interject, apparently, you might deduce I would agree that uh, that would be due to suppression of the immune system. 
Continuing the article, the study revealed five factors significantly associated with NDDs, vaccination, male gender, adverse environment, maternal use of antibiotics during pregnancy, and preterm birth. A logistic regression revealed that the combination of vaccination and preterm birth was associated with a 6.6-fold increase in odds of NDD, or neurodevelopmental disorder. Another published paper, and the link is posted in this article, which we'll, you'll find after the show on the show page for the October 16th, 2018 edition at theliberationstation.com. So this article I'm reading is not yet, but soon will be posted uh, at theliberationstation.com on the show page. Linking to this, another published paper revealed similar findings, but with an even higher 14.5 fold increase in odds when compared to a term birth, that's a birth of a full nine months or greater, without vaccination. These results suggest that the accepted practice of giving preterm infants the same schedule of vaccines as term infants should be reconsidered. Over the past few decades, the U.S. pediatric vaccine schedule has increased from just three vaccines to over 50 doses of 15 vaccines. The schedule no longer includes only life-threatening diseases, but also covers non-deadly diseases in an attempt to minimize future economic costs, such as prolonged absences from school or work. These vaccination increases have coincided with a rise in prevalence of dangerous chronic illness and neurodevelopmental disorders. While the design of the study means that the results cannot be used to prove casualty, cause, pardon me, causality, the author notes that, quote, the strength and consistency of the findings the apparent dose-response relationship between vaccination status and several forms of chronic illness, and the significant association between vaccination and neurodevelopmental disorders all support the conclusion that some aspect of the current vaccination program may be contributing to risk of childhood morbidity, end quote. That concludes that article. So once again, if you have a hepatitis B vaccine administered to a newborn, there's no purpose in that because A, the newborn has no or very small ability, very tiny amount of uh, immune response to mount an antibody response. Number two, and uh, we can go into more numbers that I'm about to mention here, but for the sake of brevity, I just want to mention the highlights, the, the most important reasons why, say, a hepatitis B vaccine and, and other vaccines given to newborns are an act in futility and fatality often, unfortunately. According to so many parents I've spoken to, and you can see them all over the web and all over the, all across the uh, neighborhood and you speak to folks and they'll tell you but um, often they're not willing to speak often they are now number two uh, infant is not going to contract hepatitis b they're not going to go out and have unprotected and or promiscuous sex they're not going to become intravenous drug users 
so uh, oh and also the um number three the <laughs> the the um booster shot is required after five years so even if they were able to mount an immune response then five years later at five years old they're going to need a booster shot well how many times do you see that happening or well now that it's the more we bring that up the, the more booster shots they might want to administer but you know there are safe options you know there are there's safe homeopathic nosodes which robert scott bell in the next hour will get into and being an expert homeopath. And with these homeopathic nosodes, N-O-S-O-D-E-S, folks are consistently reporting they're able to build up very high antibody levels. So they don't have to suffer the, the uh, side effects that are listed on the vaccine inserts, the drug inserts, many, many of which are just uh, too great a risk to take in light of the effects of the actual disease against which they claim to prevent us from contracting or uh, becoming symptomatic from. So there are homeopathic nosodes available for more pathet to protect us, at least in the, on the antibody level, to, to raise our antibody levels for more pathogens than exist vaccines. You can form antibodies for uh, more germs by using safe homeopathic nosodes than you can vaccines. So if you come up with somebody who says, well, you're anti-vaccine. No, I'm safe vaccine. And nosodes are a safe way to vaccinate, which might explain why the FDA is putting on even more pressure in recent times against homeopathic medicines claiming that they don't work. And um, so that's why we need to protect homeopathy. Now they say that, uh, well, there's such dilute amounts that uh, they couldn't possibly work. Well, homeopathy has been around for over 200 years. So, uh, you know, up until around uh, 1910, very popular, the Flexner Report of 1910, Rockefeller funded Flexner Report, which put out the call, the pep rally, that, oh, we need to squash all these homeopathic medicines and natural, herbal, and otherwise safe medicines so that we can introduce our petrochemical-based medicine, so-called medicine, coal tar-derived medicine drugs with horrible side effects at high cost. And so back in 1910, if you check out the Flexner Report, Rockefeller funded, you can read all about that. Now, uh, let's switch gears to what's been happening with these mass bannings by social media in the last week, like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Google is, uh, has already always been shadow banning uh, search results that are very popular. So that if you can uh, search for something, you, you find it on one search engine like Bing.com. Surprisingly, that is owned by Microsoft, but it's more accurate. Um, the next option I would say is DuckDuckGo.com. That's another great meta search engine. You can search the web that also utilizes search results from other search engines, including Google. And it's anonymous, so it doesn't report back who is searching that you are searching and what you are searching for. 
So the government, <laughs> of course, the government uh, helped with the seed money with InQtel to start out uh, these operations like Facebook and Google. So um, uh, who knows uh, how, <laughs> how effectual congressional hearings would be. But um, anyhow, there are several other good search engines. If you go to the website for the show at theliberationstation.com, click on the links. And up on the right corner, upper right corner, you will find other search engines, including duckduckgo.com, uh, like dogpile.com, goodgopher.com. That's run by Mike Adams at naturalnews.com and cwclabs.com. He does a lot of good third-party independent lab testing of food, cwclabs.com. And um, then there is... Lukol, L-U-K-O-L.com, metacrawler.com, search.disconnect.me, as in M as in Mary and E as in Edward at the end there, then S-E-A-R-X.me, startpage.com, yandex.com. So there are other search engines that will give you more accurate results. Because several times I've seen when I go to Google, I search for a search term, it does not show up. And I go to the other search engines like Bing.com and DuckDuckGo.com or my next go-tos, as I said. And those search engines show me all these popular recent search results. And it's just obvious that Google is not a good search engine anymore, unfortunately. It is at times for many things and it is an option that I still use if I have the time but my time is precious so I'm going to start spending it with duckduckgo.com then bing.com and then google.com and then uh, I'll go through the others if I uh, am on a, a fierce uh, research frenzy and uh, these other social media networks are listed up on the upper right corner at the links page on the website at theliberationstation.com I'm not going to go through them right now, but you can see that uh, there are several there. The ones that I like the best, I've signed up for, and you can find on the homepage at theliberationstation.com. The upper right corner of the homepage are the ones that I've found the best so far. I'm going to check back with the others that I haven't uh, actively set up an account on because, you know, there's, I understand they're just hitting the ground running, trying to compete with these other moderated, heavily, ruthlessly moderated social networks uh, like Twitter and Facebook. So um, I'm going to hope that they improve and check back with them. But the ones that are up on the homepage on the upper right corner, where you see uh, the icons at the liberationstation.com homepage, are gab.ai, that's G-A-B as in boy, dot A-I, freedom.social, informedplanet.org, oneway.com, and the good old, for over a decade, uh, meetup.com. Although I've heard and found uh, others who've been, um, other friends who've been kicked off of meetup.com for no apparent reason. So what we have happening this past week is Facebook purging hundreds of their pages, 
that have millions of likes, millions of folks follow them. And what Facebook is doing is claiming that they're spam. They don't give them a strike. They don't say, okay, one strike, two strike, three strikes, you're out. No warning, let alone a second warning, let alone a third warning. So they just kick them off. And uh, these are websites that certainly are, or I shouldn't say websites, these are pages on Facebook that are certainly not partisan. They are for anti-police brutality, anti-murder by police, like policing the police or Free Thought Project, the Free Thought Project, which, by the way, have set up their pages again. They're starting from scratch on Facebook, but I, I don't think that's a good tactic. I just feel dirty myself using Facebook still. I'm transitioning over to those aforementioned options because, you know, I've empower Facebook with my creative uh, potential, my time that's so valuable. Why should I continue to increase their market share when they're lying about it? And by the way, that's a whole nother story. So many things that uh, we can discourage, so many ways for which we can discourage folks to stop using the likes of Facebook. But before I get into all those other reasons to keep focused here, this article from mintpressnews.com, October 12th, 2018, by Whitney Webb. Facebook purges US-based independent media for political disinformation. The concerted efforts to censor, and by the way, when the term censor is used, that is not correct. It should be banned because only government can censor. Only the government can tell someone, well, you're not allowed to your free speech, your protected free speech, contrary to the First Amendment. Now, if somebody cries uh, fire in a crowded theater, if they try to endanger others with their free speech, if they try to call out for a hit publicly, if they put out a, 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 a warrant, <laughs> say dead or alive on somebody, offering a reward perhaps, then that is... Uh, certainly not allowed, and there are uh, laws against that, um, inciting violence or inciting a riot, for example. So um, the term banned should be used when a private entity like Facebook does it. Censored is only applicable when the government does it. But nevertheless, I'll continue reading the article as it is written. The concerted efforts to consider to censor independent media on social media uh, to censor independent media on social media began in earnest following Facebook's announcement this past May that Facebook would be teaming up with a notoriously hawkish government and corporate-funded think tank, the Atlantic Council. Menlo Park, California. Facebook announced on Thursday, that's this past Thursday, October 12th, as of the writing of this article, that it was removing more than 800 pages from its platform, accusing the pages of, quote, inauthentic behavior, end quote, even though the pages produced, quote, unquote, legitimate content. According to Facebook, and there is a link to Facebook's statement in this article, which you'll find linked on the show page for this website, the, quote, inauthentic behavior, end quote, 
involved using, quote, sensational political content, regardless of its political slant, to build an audience and drive traffic to their websites, end quote. In other words, the pages were removed for publishing and promoting controversial political content. Notably, Facebook's statement on the mass purge of pages was co-authored by Facebook head of cybersecurity, Nathaniel Gleischer, who is a former White House National Security Council Director of Cybersecurity Policy. So just to interject, we can count on him to warn us. Warning, warning. We have uh, rumors of wars and cyber wars. <laughs> we must retaliate. Whether it's against a government, we can retaliate militarily or if it's against someone speaking against our government we can retaliate by pulling their facebook page continuing the article twitter also banned many of the page and there's a link to the rt article russia today article Twitter also banned many of the pages targeted for deletion by Facebook on Thursday, suggested, suggesting a coordinated censorship effort between the two most popular social media platforms. Many of the pages banned had millions of likes, such as the Free Thought Project, 3.1 million likes. You know, that's 1% of the whole U.S. population, just to interject, by the way. To continue the article, Antimedia, 2.1 million likes, Cop Block, 1.7 million, and Police the Police, 1.9 million. Several of the pages that were deleted on Thursday had been targeted by Facebook in recent months, both through new censorship algorithms and Facebook's controversial team of quote unquote fact checkers. And just to read what press for truth received the notification from facebook stating quote your page has been unpublished your page has been unpublished for misleading behavior such as being administered by a fake account misleading user users or violating the facebook spam policies spam meaning that they are advertising in uh, places that they shouldn't be you know unwelcome advertising now, if it's your own page, I don't understand how unwelcome advertising it could be. If you're advertising on your own page, you should be allowed to do that, just as everyone else does. Continuing this notice from Facebook to Press for Truth. This goes against the Facebook pages, terms, and Facebook community standards, which help keep our community safe and respectful. If you think we made a mistake, you can appeal, and we'll take another look. And that concludes that notice. Uh, that's uh, Dan Dick's operation, by the way, who is very much, I would say, in my opinion, is very progressive minded, but he's a real progressive. He sticks to uh, the progressive ideal of anti-big government, anti-police state, anti-war, war anti war for no good reason and um so he had his his page pulled you can't have a real progressive showing up the fake progressives 
the fake opposition, as there's so many of them who no longer are pro-peace, as Dan Dix is. He does a lot of great uh, interviews. To continue on this article, John Vibes uh, writes, Well, hundreds of activist pages were unpublished today. I hate to say I told you so, but we lost every single page we have access to. And uh, John Vibes is uh, an administrator for the Free Thought Project. Uh, Ford Fisher, Facebook just purged hundreds of independent news pages. A lot of these pages were run by very real, real-life friends of mine who worked hard to build them. This wasn't an attack on fake news. It was an attack on the non-corporate media. Rachel Elise writes, Facebook took down my page with nearly 70,000 followers, labeling it as quote-unquote spam. When I have spent four years working to build that page up and using it to post the articles I wrote and videos of my reporting, this is so incredibly wrong and it is affecting hundreds of similar pages. If your page was also deleted and if you would be interested in possibly answering a few questions for a story, send me a message or leave a comment below. Thanks. Continuing the article. For instance, the Free Thought Project had been flagged earlier this year as quote-unquote fake news by Facebook. Quote-unquote fact-checking, partner organizations, including the Associated Press and Snopes, which in my opinion is quite non-credible, continuing all this article. In one case, a story published by the Free Thought Project was flagged as quote-unquote false by the AP. The story which detailed the documented case of Senator Jeff Merkley, Democrat from Oregon, being forcibly removed from a Department of Homeland Security migrant detention center that had once been a Walmart, was marked false because the AP asserted that the article made the claim that Walmart was housing immigrants for DHS. However, the article does not make the claim, instead accurately noting that the facility used to be a Walmart. Censorship algorithms had also greatly affected traffic to the recently deleted pages for much of the past year. In the case of anti-media, the traffic dropped from around 150,000 page views per day in early June to around 12,000 by the end of that month. As a reference, in June of last year, anti-media's traffic stood at nearly 300,000 views per day. First they came for Alex Jones. Thursday's purge of various high-profile independent media and activist pages follows the cross-platform social media banning of controversial far-right firebrand Alex Jones and his website InfoWars. Jones was banned by both Twitter and Facebook in August for allegedly violating community standards, and the move sparked fears that the mass banning of Jones from the platform would create a precedent for increased censorship of other less controversial media sites. Even in August, it was clear that social media censorship efforts would not stop with Jones, as the left-leaning news service Telesur found its English page unpublished on Facebook for the second time this year. 
The page, which had nearly 400,000 followers at the time of its removal, had been unpublished without explanation, and no apology was issued for its removal after Facebook restored the page's functionality. Prior to August, some pages that promoted natural health, along with the political news, had been banned from Facebook this past June. And there's a link to that at Mid Press News, another article. One such page, Collectively Conscious, saw its Facebook page with over 900,000 likes and followers, far, pardon me, followers, deleted without warning after Facebook said the page, quote, violated its terms of use agreement, end quote, but did not state which terms had been violated. Other similar pages, such as Nikola Tesla and Earth We Are One, were likewise suddenly deleted without explanation. These efforts to censor independent media on social media began in earnest following Facebook's announcement this past May that Facebook would be teaming up with, there's an article again on another article on Mint Press News, teaming up with the notoriously hawkish think tank, the Atlantic Council. According to Facebook, the Atlantic Council, which is funded by the governments of the U.S., U.K., and the United Arab Emirates, as well as U.S. weapons giant Lockheed Martin, among other corporate sponsors, would serve as Facebook's, quote, eyes and ears, end quote, in its efforts to clamp down on, quote, unquote, disinformation and, quote, unquote, fake news. The Atlantic Council's Digital Forensics Research Lab, DFR Lab, has a poor track record of accuracy, and there's a link on that from Russia Today, has a poor record, poor track record of accuracy in flagging fake news and fake accounts, often identifying the accounts of actual people as Russian bots for merely disagreeing with establishment narratives. Mint Press News, a target for live burial. Though Mint Press News social media pages have not been shut down, Mint Press was targeted on Thursday by Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. On Thursday, Instagram threatened to remove Mint Press's account for including a cartoon by Carl Latif that depicts Israeli snipers targeting journalists in Gaza, which Mint Press had published in April. Let's see if I can uh, pull that up. Yeah, the uh, notice reads from Instagram to Mint Press, which, by the way, the site, again, is mintpressnews.com. This notice from Instagram reads, your post has been deleted. We've removed your post because it doesn't follow our community guidelines on hate speech or symbols. If you violate our guidelines, again, your account may be restricted or disabled. And it's from that, uh, again, August 26th post. Um, let's see if this is worth reading. Uh, community guidelines, we want to keep Instagram a safe place for everyone. And we ask that you treat our treat other members of the community with respect. Even if you don't mean to offend, remember that we created these guidelines to support and protect our community on Instagram. When hate speech is being shared to challenge it or to raise awareness, we may allow it. 
In those instances, we ask that you express your intent clearly. We remove posts with captions that encourage violence or attack anyone based on who they are. We remove specific threats of physical harm, theft, or vandalism. Continuing the article, that was the uh, notice from Instagram. To continue with the article, Instagram stated that the image violated Instagram's hate speech and symbols policy and did not give MintPress the option to appeal that claim. Such an appeal would be based on the fact that Israel has a long history, and there's a link to counterpunch.org on that. Israel has a long history of targeting Palestinian journalists, and the case that fact is not hate speech. For instance, in April, when Mint Press published the Latouf cartoon, cartoon, Israeli snipers shot Gaza journalists, journalist Yasser Murtaja, and there's a link to that at the London Telegraph. They shot Gaza journalists, Yas, Israel snipers shot Gaza journalist Yasser Murtaja in the abdomen, even though he was in a clearly marked press vest, quote-unquote press, meaning he's with the media, he's with the press. Murtaja later died from his injuries. Instagram subsequently flagged another image. There's a link to that. Uh, Mint Press had published in January for similar reasons. This is such a long article, I'm going to just uh, skip those notifications and uh, finish this article. While Mint Press Facebook, Mint Press's Facebook page and Twitter account are still active, reach on both platforms has been reduced dramatically in recent months as both social media giants began to ramp up censorship efforts following the 2016 U.S. elections. For instance, Mint Press, Mint Press's Facebook reach meaning how many Facebook users see Mint Press posts, has been only a fraction of the page's more than 400,000 fans on the platform, with most posts averaging only around 10,000 views according to Facebook's analytics. Mint Press reported on censorship efforts by U.S. social media and tech giants last August when Google created a new algorithm targeting fake news. That algorithm, combined with Facebook and Twitter censorship, helped quash traffic to many independent news and advocacy sites, with sites such as the American Civil Liberties Union, Democracy Now!, and WikiLeaks experiencing massive drops in their return from Google searches. At the time, the World Socialist website, one of the affected pages, reported a 67% decrease in Google returns, while Mint Press experienced an even larger decrease of 76% in Google search returns. The new algorithm targeted online publications on both sides. There's a link to that, as that uh, documenting that too. But on both sides of the political spectrum that were critical of US imperialism, foreign wars, and other long-standing government policies. More recently, things have gotten worse. Mint Press reported in June that traffic from its social media pages had reached a dramatic low as the site's average traffic of around 70,000 unique visitors last January had dropped to around 4,000, a decrease of around 94%, making the official narrative the only narrative 
The timing of Facebook and Twitter's recent purge of independent media and activist pages on their platforms is notable, as the move was made just weeks before the November 6th U.S. midterm elections. That's just coming up in about uh, three weeks, by the way. Continuing the article, Facebook statements regarding the purge are particularly noteworthy in this regard, as the social media giant admitted that the content of these pages was, quote-unquote, legitimate, political in nature, and largely run by American citizens, while censorship efforts had long used concerns of, quote, Russian meddling, and quote, in influence as justification this new phase of the crackdown seems to taper domestic political organizing efforts by Americans who, by law, are allowed to participate in the political process by creating and distributing political content. This seems to suggest that, quote, election meddling, end quote, now involves promoting or producing any content that does not fit with narratives accepted by the government or the establishment at large. However, midterm elections are unlikely to be the only factor in driving the only factor driving the decision to remove independent media pages from social media platforms. Indeed, as the Trump administration continues to expand its wars abroad, there have been several indications that a broader war is in the works. Were such a war to be pushed either prior to or after the midterms, the lack of independent media voices on social media would be of great concern, as the corporate media has consistently and uncritically backed the regime change wars abroad. This is particularly true in the case of wars that use events such as, quote, false flag, end quote, attacks as their moral or official justification, a homogeneous quote-unquote pro-war media landscape will greatly bolster the government's ability to, quote, manufacture consent, end quote, for future wars abroad, no matter how disastrous their consequences may be. Independent media have long been an important check on government efforts to wage war and clamp down on human rights, both domestically and abroad. If these voices continue to be silenced, governments, particularly the U.S. government, will have little difficulty in stifling counter-narratives to troubling policies and critically important events to the detriment of us all. And that concludes that article. So the moral, the morals of this story are to get away from these other these uh, media, these social media, these search engines, these video hosting sites. Yeah, sure, they're free, but that means you are the product. You give them their value. And it's like a sweepstakes. Where you enter a sweepstakes, you expect to win if you don't break the rules of entering those sweepstakes. So say, uh, you know, you agree or you enter the sweepstakes and you understand that you're not allowed to enter the sweepstakes more than once. If you do, then you are disqualified. And so if you are removed from those sweepstakes without with anything that disqualifies you, then you have a right to sue 
And there are several cases where folks have sued sweepstakes for throwing out their entries for no good reason. Similarly, Facebook and Twitter and other platforms and YouTube and other platforms have been sued for disqualifying folks for no good reason. They have not violated the terms of service and it can be proven. So that's, a, you know, when you advertise as you're a public commons, you welcome the public's participation. It's like you're say, hey, I have a party. Everyone's welcome. Just uh, say the only rule is bring your own food. And uh, it's a potluck. You're welcome. Just bring your own food to share. Uh, bring a certain amount of your own food to share, for example. You're not allowed to come on the private property if you don't bring your own food. And, uh, and, you know, bring enough food to share with a certain number of participants, for example. So if you're not, you say you bring your own food and you're not allowed to come, then you can sue. Well, you, you've, you've spent all that time preparing food, just like, uh, say, you've spent all of this time building up your social media platform or your YouTube platform, and you're not allowed to participate. You've invested all that time in your entry in improving the value of that platform. And so, yes, you can sue them. I don't know how good suing these platforms would, uh, how beneficial that would be. I don't discourage suing them. I just say drop them. They are government-sponsored, uh, government-moderated, as this article covers that I just read from Mint Press News. And so... Uh, you know, just leave them, leave them be. Um, yeah, sure, sue them. It might be worthwhile if you have the time, but uh, also understand that certainly we will need to just drop them. Let them become the MySpace of 10 years ago, which was once very popular, and now it's just a music hosting site for artists, essentially. And um, YouTube... Uh, has has become just such an incredible um, adversary to uh, our right to post uh, videos. Uh, they just uh, keep on deleting videos, demonetizing videos, meaning folks who used to make money all by their YouTube videos, the commercials that are played over their videos, you know, inter interspersed with their videos, they have been demonetized, meaning that uh, they can't make money anymore, so they have to resort to Patreon. And then their videos are just totally re removed from YouTube, so they have to find these other video hosting sites, which are springing up. And uh, you can find them again on the upper right corner of the links page on the show website at theliberationstation.com. That's T-H-E, liberationstation.com. Mike Adams mentioned earlier of naturalnews.com, cwclabs.com, and goodgopher.com, the anonymous meta web search engine. He is also starting out a very promising free video hosting site called real.video. That's real.video, and it's really gaining traction. But there are other free video hosting sites that are not ruthlessly moderated up on the uh, upper right corner of uh, the liberationstation.com links page and i encourage you to keep visiting the website don't rely on social media you're going to have to go to individual websites like the show website well coming up in the next hour stay tuned we'll have robert scott bell joining us the liberationstation.com is the site so stay tuned 
we have an exciting guest coming right up. First Do No Harm by the Refusers. Welcome back to the second hour of Liberation Station radio show, October 16th, 2018 edition with your host, Chris Steiner. That's me. And we have now joining us Robert Scott Bell of the Robert Scott Bell Show, 19 years he's been doing the show. And a brief intro is that uh, he served on the Board of American Association of Homeopathic Pharmacists from 1999 to 2001, currently serving on the board for Trinity School of Natural Health and continues to provide direct support to those in need and works with physicians on their toughest cases. He personally overcame numerous chronic diseases over 26 years ago via homeopathy, herbal medicine, organic whole foods, minerals, essential fats, and the transformational power of belief. Robert has spent the past decade delving into the antimicrobial, immune-supporting, and regenerative properties of silver. As a homeopath, he has dedicated his life to revealing the healing power within us all. Robert is the father of two vaccine-free children, Elijah, 17, and Ariana, 11 with his wife, Nancy. Robert Scott Bell co-authored Unlock the Power to Heal with Ty Bollinger. His radio program, The Robert Scott Bell Show, broadcasts live 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, and Sundays 1 to 3 p.m. again Eastern time on syndicator Genesis Communications Network, that's GCNlive.com which rebroadcasts via UK Health Radio along with iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and YouTube. I'm a chronic listener and caller sometimes to the show, and I really admire all your work, Robert, so I think it's wonderful that you joined us. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Yes, welcome to the third hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show, Chris. Happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would have had you on sooner, but you were doing your own show, unfortunately. We have two very good time slots, so I couldn't have you on sooner. 
No well, worries. Glad to be with you. I ate, I ate dinner early so I could uh, hang out with you because normally I'd be getting off and, and like it's time to eat, but I'm, I'm feeling good. So I don't know what, where we're going tonight, but I'll roll with it. Well, let's start with, uh, and we can also finish with your announcements of what you were, uh, how you're appearing here in Florida. Uh, would you like to handle that or would you want me to read some of that? Oh, either way. I mean, I know Orlando, Florida is where I'll be this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the International uh, Integrative and Holistic Iridology Congress. And there are going to be uh, doctors and non-doctors all welcome. Anybody in the lay audience, you don't have to be a doctor. You can be a nutritionist or, or just someone who's into natural health and healing. Uh, and you can join us for a little or all of it. And uh, that's going to be happening in Orlando this weekend. We have links. I think, Chris, you have links as well that you've sent out to your listeners um, yeah. and so it's not too far from where a lot of them are. And I'm going to be speaking about the science of silver specifically in terms of integrating it into health, health care and, and healing practices. Uh, so that's, that's the big one this weekend. And then I've got a couple of other events on the East coast. I'll be heading over on Tuesday, the 23rd, uh, to Peggy's natural foods in Stewart, Florida for an evening lecture. And then, uh, on Wednesday in Coral Springs at that big store called Toonies, uh, and I'll do a gut microbiome lecture there. Great. Well, I'm glad you're making the rounds here, and I know it must be very stressful, but I see your dedication is is uh, so admirable, and especially doing a show so much, so often. Which, by the way, I'll never mix. I'll never miss <laughs> um, the uh, all the vitamin L that you offer there, vitamin love. Mm -hmm. So, so um, I, uh, I I encourage everyone to join in, and especially on the YouTube channel uh, is is a much better place to listen to the show because uh rather than listening to the commercials you can listen once you're once you have finished listening to all the commercials and don't need them repeated then you can just join the youtube chat and listen to all the valuable chat that goes on behind the scenes and a lot of great conversation with uh, other listeners too so um my name is by the way timbo wolf on there if you want to join um you recognize my name but oh uh, yeah and, and, and you bring it i see it in the chat room you're bringing it my friend it's great i love it the, the community that's developed there has been really cool and uh hopefully we can uh, build on that i'm just working to get it to where i can have my uh my guests available on video as well thus far it's just me in studio but uh, we're having a good time with it yes you do you do have a good time well let's start also next with uh Homeoprophylaxis, I'd like to ask you about because I mentioned that in the first hour. And uh, what are nosodes? Um, how valuable are they at raising antibodies? And um, why are they? Why were they preferable to vaccines? Well, it's the first do no harm principle. Nosodes, uh, you know, prepare the immune system by sensitizing it in a in a very gentle way through the metabolism. You know, you talk about an energetic signature of the actual disease or what they call the disease or the cause of it, whether it be a virus or bacteria or bacteria or fungus. You can utilize the homeopathic form. So it's a completely inert form in, sen in the sense that it can't cause a disease, but it can sensitize. Uh, the, the immune system to the presence or potential presence of it. Again, this process is done by taking an original substance, neutralizing it, and then uh, uh, serial dilution and succussion, which is how you make a homeopathic medicine. So you have something that can never be a problem, can never cause harm, but can sensitize. Now, with, with vaccination, as it's done in a modern context, and vaca meaning cow, originally it was the Jenner cow pus, 
they opened up your arm and shoved that stuff, that debris in there and ended up with sepsis and, uh, you know, losing limbs or dying. And that's the concept of vaccination. They've just taken it to a, uh, a, a slicker PR level, but there's still an, a lot of unknown debris in it. Uh, sometimes viable replicating viruses or bacterial content or fungal content, any number of things. They try to neutralize it with toxic components like mercury or aluminum or, you know, a different uh, antibiotic preservatives. So it's an absolute mess. You wouldn't put it in a baby's bottle yet. They inject it into children and, of course, adults as well. So I, I don't like to get it confused, although the concept of homeopathy, sometimes they say it's like vaccination, but that's more isopathy. Uh, but it's done differently because vaccinations can actually cause disease, whereas uh, the homeopathic form called nosodes cannot. So nosodes are safe, is that right? Correct, yeah. And I don't even say everybody needs them. I, we were so attached to this concept that we can't survive without vaccines that when we give up on that and we realize how, how dangerous they are, then many people say, well, I've got to do something. So you have nosodes, homeoprophylaxis, and it's safe to do that. Uh, I have access to them and I've used them for my children when necessary. It could help you get through some of these things in a crisis, certainly much faster. Uh, but uh, the idea that we should avoid these diseases like chickenpox and measles is ludicrous. In fact, it's making us weaker as a species. But there are some scary diseases, so to speak, that we might not want to encounter or if we do. They're not necessarily communicable, uh, like uh, tetanus, right? We can do yeah. the homeopathic form of tetanus rather than having the DPT shot, which is a, a combination which can be devastating. Oh, absolutely. Uh, sorry, Robert, there, uh, if I ever do drop off, that reminds me, you can just take over the show. <laughs> I just had it on mute for a moment there. Um, I just, uh, I'm really amazed that uh, since I learned of nosodes from you, that there's so many folks I've spoken to since who have had success in raising their antibody levels uh, shown on a blood titer test. And I think that that ought to be accepted in lieu of dangerous, often deadly vaccines. And I'm surprised that it isn't, you know, in cases where it's mandatory, say, if you're working at a healthcare facility or uh, government, uh, other cases where you've agreed to. But um, it is a, it is accepted, um, like where I'm uh, near where I live in uh, Hillsborough County, they accept for animals a antibody blood titer test to show that their antibodies are high enough that they don't need a vaccine. But there's an extortion fee involved in that of $300 in order for them to accept that blood titer test. So Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, the thing is, it, what you're saying is not supposed to be possible, right? You take a nozode, a homeopathic form, uh, and, and there's not really substance, relatively speaking, uh, like a vaccine. And they say it's impossible for that, for that to occur. I, I do remember, and this was many years ago, uh, back in the 90s, a, a woman who wanted to go to nursing school, but they told her she had to have the MMR, the measles shot. And uh, she tried the nozode for the measles. And she took a lot of it every day. For about, well, a couple of weeks, she was going to do a whole month. And she actually started manifesting uh, signs of, of what we call proving the remedy. She manifested measles like rashes and light fever. And then she went in for a titer test. And, and just as you said, Chris, she tested that uh, she had antibodies. And yet she never had measles. So that you know tells me, if you're confirming with other people you've spoken to that they've been able to elicit an antibody response, that's powerful. It says that it isn't necessary to have the physical presence that the mere uh, echo shadow or energy or vibration or 
or a signature of it is enough that the body is much more sensitive to energy than molecular reductionist vaccine cultists would have you believe. Oh, absolutely. Uh, God's loving prana or chi or organ or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's uh, the healer. And, and um, well, what, what's, a, what's the term for when a homeopathic remedy stimulates a response? Well, they call it approving. If you uh, indeed, you know, you take enough of something that it actually elicits uh, something measurable, something observable. And this is how they found out what each remedy would do, because in its mother's state, it would cause certain symptoms to occur. And when taken to a homeopathic state, it would seemingly reverse those things. Now, that means it didn't have to be concerned with cause necessarily, but it could relieve the suffering. Now, I would argue in a chronic disease sense, we need to look a little differently than at the origin of homeopathy when we, we used a single remedy called the similimum to match up all of the symptoms of the patient. And the reason why I say it's a little different today is because we, we don't have simple German peasants living off the land, working the land, growing their own food, eating the food as it's grown, all organic. We have a, a world that has been intoxicated, polluted. The food is deficient. We have chronic layered diseases. We have diseases caused by modern medicine, antibiotics. So there's, there's so many things going on that we have to address things like liver congestion, uh, digestion, uh, intestinal imbalances. And these things that create far afield from that, many different symptoms that hide other symptoms that cover other symptoms. So the pictures that you get as a homeopath today might not be really what's going on. And so I always argue that we need to clear the terrain as we talk about the law of the terrain in Antoine Béchamp. And so my focal point with homeopathy is to work with the liver, the excretory organs, the digestive system, you know, work with these systems and bring them back online. And then we can start working with, you know, maybe a single remedy similimum because we've now gotten a lot of this stuff out of the way to actually see what really is at the deepest level going on in the body. Well, if you'd like to join us with Robert Scott Bell, robertscottbell.com is his site. You can reach us here at 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. And toll-free, 866-826-1340. That's 866-TAN-1340. The show website where you can find linked up a lot of the information we've mentioned and uh, will mention is theliberationstation.com. That's T-H-E, liberationstation.com. And uh, I have so many questions for you, Robert, to uh, ask how do we improve our biological terrain to make it inhospitable to pathogens? And why is the antibody not really the key to immunity, as I learned so much from uh, you and um, Harvard-trained uh, Harvard Medical School uh, trained Tetiana Obukanich. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. She's a PhD uh, immunologist, in fact. And uh, I love it when we have people at that level that, uh, you know, we'll actually validate. Not that I need the validation, but it's, it's fun for those people that need it to see it and hear it. And, you know, I've been saying that the antibody is not sufficient to protect you from any given disease in and of itself, that the immune system is much more complex and multifactorial. And that if you have an antibody for chickenpox, you can still get shingles, which is caused by the same virus. Uh, when your immune system is down, why is your immune system down? Well, maybe your gut microbiome is imbalanced due to antibiotic use or chlorine and fluoride in the water. 
Uh, maybe you've been under in incredible stress, which depletes your minerals, especially selenium. If you've got undue viral activity, that's indicative of a selenium deficiency, not a lack of, of antibodies or an abundance of antibodies. Uh, so it isn't about a memory issue for your immune system. It's about the function of your immune system, which is, like I said, way more complicated than just eliciting an antibody response. And what kind of selenium do you advise? Well, 100% whole food forms of selenium because, you know, in the health food store industry, there are, you know, things like sodium selenite, selenomethionine, and maybe there are elements of these things that occur in food, but when you isolate them out or even chelate them, it isn't necessarily the way they appear in food. So I use the innate response uh, selenium, uh, which is the brand, uh, Megafood is their health food for store brand. And I don't make anything off of their sales. I'm just saying what I use clinically because I don't have any problem with taking an abundance of it when necessary without concern. All right. Yeah, selenium is uh, is wonderful. I hear that so many folks uh, have recovered from cancer, skin cancer, or growths that are non-cancerous just by taking selenium. They come back when they stop taking it, so they resume, and then their growths or cancer goes away. So um, that's that's an amazing thing. You know, prevents viral replication too, right? Oh yeah, it's a big it's a big part of why we see viral activation. Uh, people that have uh, you know different herpetic uh, things like cold sores, even we see the lack of selenium. And again, this can be stress induced or it can be just dietary insufficiency. But under stress, we will be depleted, or in the presence of certain heavy metals, uh, we'll have uh, problems with uh, selenium levels being maintained or not replenished. And in this case, viral activity can can increase exponentially. So I look to say that what we can do with micrograms of selenium far outweighs what people uh, claim they can do with grams or thousands of milligrams of vitamin C. And by vitamin C, not the ascorbic acid or other ascorbate isolated, but what's a whole food form of vitamin C you like? Yeah, that's another controversy because, you know, the, the pharmaceutical complex makes vitamin C, ascorbic acid, and even the ascorbate form, it's like, you know, uh, BASF, and uh, these are big pharmaceutical companies. And vitamin C is not what they say it is. In fact, it's a, it's a complex uh, group of things in the in the plant world, in the natural world. So finding a true whole food form, you're not going to find it in abundance. You're not going to find grams of it, right? That has to be isolated and extracted in a different way chemically. Uh, so uh, what they're doing is what I call vitamin chemotherapy. And it's not to say there's never been a benefit achieved by that, like some physicians are using intravenous vitamin C and, and doing things that seemingly are helpful, but I don't find it consistent. Whereas with the uh, adequate supplementation of a, a whole food form of selenium at the proper amount for those in need, we see consistent results, not spotty or hit and miss results. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen vitamin C used for sepsis or that there's studies for it. And um, mm -hmm. I think that that ought to be, uh, I don't know if it is become more popular, but I think, you know, in such emergency situations that it ought to be. Uh, would you happen to know about if the hospitals have begun using vitamin C, at least for sepsis? I have uh, become familiar with any. I know that there are physicians that use it in their clinics that way, but not in hospital settings. And, you know, if they're going to use that over an antibiotic to get you out of sepsis, it's certainly much, much warranted, more warranted, although I would use uh, silver, silver hydrosol. Uh, we can neutralize any septic organi organism, anything that's causing it, a bacterial, fungal, or viral. Uh, so you have combinations of those things, and silver can work against all of those consistently. Yeah, tell us about silver. That's going to be the main topic of your upcoming presentations here around Florida. So um, 
what is how can that help uh, with by the way sepsis for those who don't know so um tell me if i don't understand the definition but it's basically poisoned blood i guess too much uh, toxicity in your blood and and um yeah Usually, no, taxes what, what, your your liver and your kidneys. Yeah, and usually they point to a massive uh, a growth of microorganisms, pathogens. They'll call it bacterial species infection, uh, but yeah, blood poisoning at that point. Uh, we obviously have to help the liver. Selenium is clearly uh, critical for liver health. Um, we can utilize other methods with homeopathic drainage detox remedies. Uh, we could also utilize uh, chromium, which plays a role again, 100% whole food form for liver function. And there are different botanicals that can help here as well. But the silver can neutralize the worst of the offending elements in terms of aggressive uh, microbiological life forms, whether they be bacterial or fungal, or the non-life form viral replication scenarios. And uh, by bringing the active state of silver, which is the ion, into the system, directing it to the point of foci or the area in need, you can directly neutralize and indirectly benefit the immune response. So you can actually help the immune system to be more efficient as you overcome a, a serious situation like that. Now, of course, you can go to a health food store and get it, and, and you could take it orally, but sometimes physicians are using it like vitamin C off-label. They're, they're doing it intravenously to address very serious, serious infections. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, and safely, too, even in the eye, I've heard you mention. Um, now, uh, you, you've talked in the past about uh, folks using it in the eye and then they feel a little burning and uh, you, you say that's because the potassium is being leaked out from the bacteria that are, that are destroyed. Is that right? Yeah, the ions can disrupt the outer membrane of a bacterial cell on contact. And so if you have a stinging sensation, if you were to put a silver hydrosol in your eyes or nose and you have an infection there, it will sting temporarily because of the potassium dump from the bacterial cells. But it's not harmful or dangerous. Now, they used to, you know, 100 years ago plus, they started using uh, silver nitrate drops in the eyes of newborn babies to prevent infection potential through the birth canal. And uh, the reason silver nitrate was chosen, they didn't have the technology to produce a pure hydrosol. And so the uh, silver nitrate form had a high level of dissociating ions, electrically charged silver ions. And that's why they chose it. You, you have to dilute it because uh, silver nitrate is very caustic. And it can cauterize a wound chemically, which is good on the battlefield. But you have to be cautious with using that form, whereas the hydrosol, you don't have that concern. Well, if you have any health questions, you can reach the homeopath, ex par excellence, Robert Scott Bill, here at 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. Toll free 866-826-1340. That's 866-TAN-1340. And Robert's website is robertscottbell.com. Now, uh, you've uh, mentioned a hydrosol being the ionic form of silver. That that's the. Uh, would that mean that that's not the actual silver? It's the ions from the dissociated from the silver that is so effective, like other ionic minerals are. Well, yeah, the ion is the active state. Uh, you go back to Dr. Robert Becker's work, and he wrote a book called The Body Electric. And the peer-reviewed literature bears this out. There's no other form of silver that is active or bioactive. So if you have silver that is neutral or bound into complex relationships, it isn't the bulk of that silver that is functional. It is only the ion that escapes from it. The hydrosol is unique because it has about 96, 97 or more percentage of the total silver content in that form in a pharmaceutical grade purified water, 
with a small percentage of nanoclusters, very small. So you have incredible amounts of surface area for oxidation interaction so that you can release additional ions. But the vast majority of colloidal silvers and other forms are mostly neutralized forms of silver with a very small percentage of dissociating ions, meaning that the, the vast majority of the total silver content, something could say we have 500 parts per million, you think that's more than 10 when in reality you have far less active silver in a 500 ppm concentration because of the compromise you have to make to throw that much silver in the water. And I don't know if I'm making any sense right now, but if it, do if it doesn't, just sure. ask me. <laughs> well, the archives are, yeah, anybody's welcome to call up and the archives are posted at uh, the website, theliberationstation.com. Now, um, another, uh, what do we say, substance that I've seen you uh, pick up in recent years is echo water, the uh, echo water ionizers. And, and uh, I saw a presentation actually just came up today that uh, from 2015 of yours when you had said that um, uh, after silver, the echo water machines impressed you most. So tell us uh, why it's uh, and, and how has it affected you since you started drinking echo water and, and why it's so healthy. Well, that whole category of water is, is fascinating if you're a homeopath. It should be fascinating for all of us. I, I interviewed in, I think it was 2002, Dr. Batman Gelich. He, he wrote your, your Body's Many Cries for Water. He was an Iranian physician, talked about, you know, you're not, you're not sick, you're thirsty. But in terms of quality of water, it's important to me because, I, you know, I'm not a fan of chlorinated and fluoridated water uh, because of the destruction it does to the uh, microbiome as well as the brain and nervous system. So purifying water is important. Now, the technology we're talking about is, is uh, you know, what they call ionizers, water ionizers. They've been sold to everybody as if uh, the reason they're, they're wonderful is because they alkalize the water, right? They split the stream. You have an acid stream, pH, low pH, and a high pH. And the alkaline was yeah. the water that was helping people. But the reality, the technology was, was good because it created hydrogen. It, 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 there was molecular hydrogen dissolved into the alkaline stream. And, and yet, since they didn't know it, they just marketed alkaline water, which you would have to drink a swimming pool's worth to alkalize anything in your body. It's not buffered. So alkalinity was just a marketing tool. And now with the echo water, the Synergy Science uh, technology, you have pH neutral water that is dissolved molecular hydrogen at therapeutic levels. The hydrogen is what is the most amazing thing. And if you have one of those multi-level marketed machines, if you're not cleaning the electrodes every two weeks, you're likely not producing hydrogen. You're only alkalizing the water, which is not really sufficient for therapeutic value. You might have cleaner water if it's filtered. That's great. But if you're spending all that money for a machine, you want to get the full benefit, and that's the hydrogen. And there are over, gosh, 600, 700, 800, I don't know, it's, it's growing every day, uh, studies on the on the benefit medicinal benefit of hydrogen uh, and there are a number of ways to get into the body but the most primary way is through water drinking it and hydrogen being the first element on the periodic table of elements that we know of uh, it is critical for so many functions and it can even bind in the body with the most dangerous of free radicals known as the hydroxyl radicals and uh, convert them into safe water to float them right out of the body so from an antioxidant perspective it is much preferable too many oxidative therapies that are out there that people promote even for cancer. I think hydrogen shows a lot more promise ultimately. Yeah, I've seen the decades worth of studies and uh, I'm so glad I heard you announce that uh, Sayer G at greenmedinfo.com mm -hmm. has posted some more recent ones 
that I was of which I wasn't aware. So um, they're very impressive. Uh, um, if you'd want to review them, I don't know if you'd uh, like to spend the valuable time here doing that, but uh, just go to greenmedinfo.com and in the search bar at the top, search for molecular hydrogen. Uh, there are also other search terms online that, uh, you know, because I, I, as I commented to you that there are folks who say there, there are no studies. Oh, it's just alkaline. I uh, just... Uh, <laughs> Also, you can take baking soda. I can alkalinize my body with, in other ways with a diet. You know, the, the great book, uh, Alkalize or Die by Theodore H. Baruti, um, you know, was a pioneering work, I think. But, uh, you know, people say, well, it's just alkaline. There are these other properties, the molecular hydrogen uh, being foremost of, of those, uh, the antioxidant quality of the more alkaline the water. I know that the machine that you're talking about or the machine that's just become available from Echo Water uh, allows you the pH neutral uh, water that doesn't have the uh, setting, I suppose, for uh, alkalinity or not. But uh, if you do choose that, they, they do have a machine for that, uh, making more alkaline water, which offers a greater antioxidant quality to it. And the lower surface tension of the mm -hmm. water makes it better hydrating, so it goes right into the cells immediately. I, I have a different brand of ionizer that I wish I hadn't bought. I'm not going to mention it, but <laughs> it, does, you know, it takes a much greater level of maintenance, as you mentioned, which I won't go into. But um, you know, I, I do like the effects of uh, being able to spray it on the face. Uh, you know, makes the skin a lot tighter. Uh, looks a lot better, mm -hmm. uh, you know, spraying my plants with it. And um, I know that you, you've, you have, you know, folks who, with the echo water machines who get uh, similar results, no doubt. Um, when they spray their plants, they do a lot better, grow a lot better. Uh, they don't get as many bug bites. So I assume that their uh, immune, natural immunity has improved so, to where the bugs don't find them attractive. So um, I, you know, I think that's a good argument against uh, pesticides and herbicides. And, and uh, if folks want to do search terms, they can also search for, you know, for those who claim that there are no studies, well, there are plenty of them, mm -hmm. as we mentioned. Uh, search for molecular hydrogen, uh, electrolysis, ionized water, electrolysis, reduced water, electrolyzed anode water, electrolyzed oxidizing water, which I believe would be the acidic end stream because the mm -hmm. water, these ionizers split into alkaline and acid and alkaline antioxidant water. So those are some search terms. If anyone wants to look up on PubMed or elsewhere, they can find a lot of these. So, um, when it comes to alkalizing, Though Robert, um, how important is that to mm -hmm. in making, as uh, you say, uh, Antoine Bechon and Claude Bernard were such? Uh, if you want to mm -hmm. cover the history on that as well, um, how important is it to maintain alkalinity to help your body maintain alkalinity in order to be inhospitable to germs, pathogens, even cancer? Perhaps I don't know if you want to cover the C word, but uh, I <laughs> well, it, it, listen. The, the discussion is fraught with controversy. Talk about another C word because when you speak of alkalinity, there's a lot of misunderstandings and misinformation. Right? There are so many different parts of the body that have different pHs and pH ranges, so it, it becomes a. I, I don't like to talk in terms of alkalinity in a general sense because it's it, it just it's too general, right? If you eat a, more of a raw organic vegetarian diet and if you eat meat you know make it a smaller part of what you eat uh, listen to your body cells you know there'll be an alkalizing impact of that kind of diet 
But I don't think of it in that term. I think of it in terms of you know stopping the uh, the intoxication of poisons like the acids, or you know if we talk al alkaline acid, the acidifying nature of what lack of nature, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, additives, preservatives, flavorings. All of these things tend to have that uh, as a you know frame of reference if you talk in terms of alkaline and acid. But for me, it's just a matter of clean and not clean. You know, you go back into the Bible, you talk kashrut or kosher, but I think they would have to update the laws today because they hadn't conceived of a time when man would perhaps genetically modify and, and poison the, the, the entire food supply with toxic chemicals. Uh, so uh, for me, like, you know, getting to the minerals like selenium, uh, this is going to do more to neutralize these toxins than just about anything else. Of course, this doesn't, uh, you know, replace the, the discussion we just had about water and its importance. Uh, but in reality, uh, you know, I, I, you hear, if you know my radio show, I don't talk so much in terms of alkaline and acid as much as I do clean yeah. and not clean, organic and poison, right? And, and yes, it can manifest that way. And if people are comfortable going there, I, I always want to go deeper into, all right, which particular body fluid are we talking about alkalizing? You know, and what is the range of pH that is normal and healthy and optimal? Is it the urine? Is it the saliva? Is it the lymphatic fluid? Is it the blood? Is it the cerebrospinal fluid? Is it the stomach acid? Is it the bile? You, you follow me? That's why I say it's just it's just too general. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, that's why I've been so so uh, in suspense uh, thinking of uh, asking you that. So uh, when it comes to uh, chromium. Mm -hmm. What do you uh, recommend, and why is it so effective? Well, the, the right form of chromium is important, just as we talk about the right form of selenium or any mineral. Is it in a food form for the body to actually utilize it? You know, the controversy of chromium, you heard about hexavalent chromium and uh, uh, the poisoning uh, of certain areas and then, uh, you know, movies made about that. So any mineral could be ideal or it can be in the wrong form and be harmful. So in the 100% whole food form, it's also known as GTF or glucose tolerance factor chromium. Uh, Schwartz and Mertz and others that have studied on this have found that it is, it is critical for the delivery of sugar into the cells and to relinquish it, that which is stored in the fat cells, out safely for your body to use. Without the chromium molecule, you don't have the dock workers present to offload the sugar from the insulin. And so uh, chromium deficiencies is, uh, the chromium deficiency is the real reason for type 2 diabetes uh, diagnoses, but very few people in the medical profession acknowledge it, much less in the natural products world. I don't hear people focusing on chromium. You know, they may talk about cinnamon or other things. It could be cofactors, but without chromium, dude, it's it's done. You can't. You're done. And and then they'll they'll say in modern medicine, and we'll hear this uh, parroted in health food stores, uh, insulin resistance, insulin resistance. Like your body's not resistant to insulin. You just don't have the chromium to offload what the insulin is carrying. And just, you know, so rather than acknowledging you're deficient in chromium, you know, we use the 100% whole food form, innate response, same as the, the selenium, 100 micrograms three or four times a day, and you're going to reverse type 2 diabetes. Not because you're lucky, it's just because you're replenishing the mineral that was, was gone. Uh, and so uh, it's a simple thing to do. Of course, it helps with liver function. I could elevate HDL levels. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why uh, we should be taking chromium and selenium every day. Well, I'm I'm surprised that uh, a lot of, or I'm sure a lot of folks would be surprised to hear they can reverse diabetes. Then, uh, would they have to, if they're on a um, allegedly anti-diabetes medication, wouldn't they have to keep a close eye on their blood sugar? And uh, would you suggest uh, that they say talk to their doctor first, or do you think that that's something that's that they could um, 
manage, uh, you know, without any, if the doctor tells them, just keep an eye on your, your blood sugar, that uh, taking GTF chromium would help improve their insulin sensitivity or uh, glucose metabolism. I'm not sure if I'm yeah, well, yeah, making it, presumptuous it, questions here. No, it's okay. This is the thing. You're right. You, you talk, talk to your doctor or pharmacist and say, listen, I'm going to try a different strategy, right? Diet and supplementation. It may alter uh, how much of this drug I need. And so, yeah, monitor it more closely because you probably need less of that until you don't need it at all. Uh, so, uh, you know, work with it. You know, our, these things are written in Unlock the Power to Heal in the book that I co-wrote with uh, Ty Bollinger, too. So we got a lot of good information. Uh, and my good friend, nutritional historian and researcher, not a doc, Chris Barr, has brought a lot of this out and to the benefit of everybody who's paid attention and applied it. And uh, back on water, how can folks uh, get in touch with you to get an echo water machine? Well, if they just go to robertswater.com, it's just a catch-all site that it has. Also, it has the Batman Gellage interview I mentioned on YouTube yeah. that from 2002, which is fascinating to hear about a year before he passed away. And uh, but yeah, you can download the free ebook from Synergy Science, and uh, you can reach out to Paul Baratero, my good buddy, and uh, he'll he'll connect you with it. They have countertop units, under sink units. As you said, there, you could still get the split stream if you want alkaline and acid. If you if you just want the hydrogen, then it's pH neutral. It's a simpler machine, less expensive. And you know, if you have the money to buy it outright, that's fine. They're much less expensive than those multi-leveled ones. And they're much more reliable and full lifetime warranty. And you can even finance it for like 20 to 30 bucks a month, depending on the unit you get. Awesome. Well, that's good to see that a, a machine with this new technology is out there because uh, you know, I kind of, like I said, regret having bought mine. I, I was treated, I'll mention briefly, just mistreated by Enagic, who puts out Kangen water. And uh, I you know, I had a defective machine and it was under warranty. They didn't want to take care of it. But eventually I persuaded them to. That's a whole other story. Yeah. So <laughs> I just... There's an aftermarket for those machines. Some people just sell them and then they get an echo machine. I've heard a lot of people do that. All right. Well, for liver, uh, what are some general ideas? Because uh, we live in such a toxic environment. The, you know, the food you mentioned, the chemtrails that we cannot escape, the, the water, the food. Uh, you know, how, how can food even be organic when we're being sprayed with chemtrails, when uh, fluoridated, chlorinated, chloramineated, water and other water with runoff is allowed to be used in organic agriculture um, we need to clean our human filters and what are some of the best things that you might recommend for that well on an ongoing basis we talk about the purification of the water and the hydrogen can neutralize some of it the yeah. homeopathic drainage detox remedies are, are part of my daily strategy of course the selenium and chromium i drink dandelion tea every day Dandelion is great for the liver and the kidneys. Um, there are a number of herbs that can be helpful there. Canjest tea by Alta, A-L-T-A, Alta Health Products. They make a tea that uh, you, you, you can uh, drink every day as well, and that helps the liver, the gallbladder. If you want to go a little bit more aggressive or invasive in a, a safe way, you can use organic coffee enemas. That's, a, you know, for some people that are dealing with cancer and the die-off of the cancer cells, if you're doing therapies to reduce the cancer, it'll help to detoxify in a very rapid way. Uh, but we can't live in fear the fact that we can't clean everything. But if we do what we have control over, uh, life is amazing. We've been given great resilience to withstand a lot of assault, as evidenced by all of us being alive, considering everything that's going on. Yeah, uh, against all odds. Yeah. When I started at the age of 24, Chris, I mean, I was chronically ill for 24 years. 
So, you know, here I am 26, 28 years later. I don't know how to do the math anymore, but I'm uh, in many ways younger and healthier than I was in my 20s. Uh, and it's because I've lived differently. And despite the environment being still toxic and polluted and everything else, by switching to organic, it made a difference. It reduced the inflow. And by working on a daily basis to, to continue to support that outflow, uh, we can withstand a lot. It is amazing what we can withstand. Uh, and I agree that what we can recover, it's, uh, it might be a long process. It might be a short process if you find just that one uh, shot in your shotgun shell. <laughs> but I do like the shotgun approach. If you can do as many things that are beneficial, not harmful as possible. And um, uh, let's see, in the last 15 minutes here, we have uh, Robert Scott Bell to take your calls on any health questions. You can reach us at 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000 and toll free 866-826-1340. That's 866-TAN-1340. And uh, in the chat room, you can comment on the Listen Archives page at theliberationstation.com. That's T-H-E, liberationstation.com. So um, earlier you mentioned congested liver, overcoming a congested liver, and Chinese medicine, I understand that uh, liver congestion or gallbladder congestion is called angry liver or angry gallbladder mm -hmm. respectively because it makes you angry and that's what i think is um, no doubt uh the cause of so much inappropriate behavior <laughs> so yes it helps me be patient um and uh you know the coffee enema you mentioned uh opens the bile ducts for the liver and the gallbladder to help uh, eliminate i suppose or i don't know much other than that mm -hmm. um are there any drawbacks to doing uh coffee enema or an enema too frequently well I, I think that uh, you know the idea that you might become reliant upon it sometimes it's more of a psychological thing but in reality those that are dealing with massive cancer diagnoses and have had a history of, of liver dysfunction or congestion they need all the help they can get they're in desperate straits um, but um, you know I haven't seen a patient over the years that has been harmed by them other than if they have uh, uh, hypersensitivity to caffeine. Typically, the caffeine is being delivered to the liver, not the adrenals, but there are people that are so sensitive that even the little bit can create uh, problems in that regard, so they have to be careful with the quantity or frequency. But by and large, I'm not saying it's necessary for everybody to do, and there are other ways to detox, but it's one of the most profound, rapid, and instantaneous ways to dump those things right back out into the colon and get them out quickly. And what would you think about or do you know anybody who's done an echo water enema or an echo water coffee enema, a coffee enema made with echo water? Well, yes, yeah, certainly we use the echo water for that purpose. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, not only are you pur purifying it, but if you want, you can use the, uh, the molecular hydrogen. But, you know, there is some dissipation, of course, when you're, when you're brewing coffee, uh, you're making the water very hot. So I don't think you're going to have a lot of viable hydrogen that's dissolved at that point. But the purification of it is something that is very important. Uh, you could uh, alkalize or, or use the, even the, the acid stream, the hypochlorous acid, for purpose in those ways. Uh, in that case, you're not necessarily brewing it with coffee. You're using it for different reasons. All right. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that I, I've uh, tried and I, I like I think I like the ionized water a little bit better, but I have yet to get an echo machine. Um, and once I can, I will. But uh, yeah, I, I think I've 
feel a little bit of a, an improvement. And um, now that uh, the electrodes on my machine had been replaced, by the way, that was good. Good. Yeah. 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 They tried to build me for uh, descaling the machine, even though it was a level three on a, on an out of five. And they said, well, even when it's a level four, sometimes it needs descaling. I asked wow. them, well, mine's a level three, you admitted. Uh, why are you charging to clean the electrodes that you admittedly replaced? And, right. Yeah. Anyway, that was, I, I finally won on um, another point to have them let them uh, reminding them that, uh, by the way, you do know that. I've had your loaner machine for a month now, and for some <laughs> reason they hadn't known. They didn't know that <laughs> this got lost somewhere in their accounting. And once I let them know that, then they were most cooperative. Yeah, and I returned them. How that works? Yeah. yeah. So um, you mentioned the silver aloe protocol often on your show. What is that helpful? What kind of folks would be benefited by that? Well, this is one of the more profound, uh, rapid recovery techniques for repairing the lining of the gastrointestinal tract. This is a big problem. Leaky gut, irritable bowel, diverticulitis, um, Crohn's, etc. And in, in Unlock the Power to Heal, the chapter on this is called The Road to Colostomy Bags is Paved with Antibiotics and Prendazone. And it's a devastating scenario in modern medicine that they have two, two things in there, uh, and two bullets, two types of bullets. A chemotherapy drugs called antibiotics that are indiscriminate, destroy the microbiome, but they also inflame the lining, weaken the lining of the gut itself. So they wipe out the villi, the home for the microbiome, the little rainforest down there. They create leaky gut. So then they go, well, we can't give you more antibiotics. We're going to kill you. So we'll give you prednisone, a powerful steroid hormone, which powerfully suppresses and stops inflammatory responses in the body. So you eliminate inflammation. But it also thins the membranes. It actually weakens the connective tissue integrity, which is already uh, problematic. So you keep going down that road, you end up in the surgeon's office, and they're going to resection your colon, and you wear a, a bag permanently. So this is not a good option. And they're doing this to teenagers, by the way. This is not just for oh, the elders. So what can we do here? The silver has to be brought into the gut because silver is not just an antimicrobial. It's a stimulator of regeneration. It downregulates tissue inflammation without harming tissue, and it upregulates a process of restoring integrity of epithelial tissue, like topically in burn care and wound care scenarios. Well, that's why it's used in hospitals around the world. So the silver aloe protocol, you take a, a, an ounce or, or so of the, the hydrosol mixed with the same amount or more of aloe vera juice three times a day on an empty stomach. You do probiotics at night, as little as two weeks for yeast. If you're dealing with more gut inflammation severely, you can do four, six, or eight weeks. And then afterwards, you can do more probiotic replenishment. But the repair of the gut is accelerated in ways nothing else can do. And it can be used with adjuncts, and I write about it in the book. But it is the fastest route of recovery for gut integrity. I heard of a someone who has i'm not sure what it's called clinically but i was told it was called flat stomach syndrome where the villi and the intestines were flat laying down is, is that something that uh, the silver aloe protocol might help or absolutely anything else you'd recommend yes yeah restoring integrity to the lining of the gut that's gonna you know it's a regenerative process that's necessary silver plays a role there the ions facilitate that now people can use l-glutamine uh they can use homeopathic remedies um, there, the aloe is also helpful for repairing epithelial tissue. Uh, Canjest, I mentioned earlier, Canjest tea, which can be used to help the liver and the gallbladder, is also helpful for the entire intestinal tract. So there are other adjuncts I talk about in the book 
unlock the power to heal for recovery in the most severe circumstances so we can avoid surgery forever. Yeah, L-glutamine is awesome. I'd take it uh, every day, maybe a couple grams. And as you mentioned on your show, that uh, I think about a week ago, that uh, L-glutamine, the most common amino acid in the body, yeah. they're trying to, the FDA is trying to allow a drug company to turn it into a this uh, $10 supplement into a $40,000 prescription drug, according to Natural News article. So um, that's kind of uh, scary that, you know, th th this amino acid with so many benefits we could do a whole show on yeah. is so wonderful. It's, you know, good for muscle retention, for brain function, digestive health, mm -hmm. the most common amino acid in the body they're trying to turn into a drug. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, um, so that's, uh, that's rather alarming, uh, an action point that if folks want to check out um, that article at naturalnews.com and, and uh, maybe take some action. I don't know, is there any kind of, what kind of action could we take uh, against the FDA uh, doing such an, out, suggesting such an outrageous move? Well, I think we covered it the other day. I recommend that you go to the Alliance for Natural Health uh, in the U.S. and they have a, a, a good strategy to come together to do that. But if, you know, if the government could ban an amino acid you know, we don't deserve freedom. I mean, we have lost it as a people. Uh, we've got to nullify the FDA because Congress is not doing its job. It's just throwing its, all of its lot into the bureaucratic oligarchy. And that FDA is operating all three branches of government in violation of the separation of powers. Uh, so we don't have a constitutionally limited government anymore. People have got to wake up and realize that. And you can't vote the bums out because whoever replaces them don't have any, they don't have any idea that the FDA is, is above the law. I mean, not even the president seems seemingly can contain or control the FDA. So uh, it's a sad situation right now and uh, just sort of insurrection and rebellion. I don't know what you can do unless the states and the people begin to nullify FDA at that level. Well, you cover on your show where uh, every, uh, pardon me, is it every Monday, Jonathan, attorney Jonathan Emore joins you? Uh, Thursdays we do the Sacred Fire of Liberty, yeah. Gotcha. Thursdays on the Robert Scott Bell show, Jonathan E. Morda, you say here you've covered many times on your show how he's won. He's beat the FDA eight times, is it? Mm -hmm. Yes. And no other attorney has done that. Yeah. And they continue to ignore the rulings where he's represented the party who has prevailed. Mm-hmm. How am I just like you say? That's a more dire situation than I think most folks are aware. And what else have they uh, done lately, or throughout history, uh, even? Uh, but I see more lately. It seems that they're attacking homeopathy, as I mentioned in the first hour, as being ineffectual. Yeah. You know, it's not. Uh, it's too dilute to to do anything. What can you tell us? Uh, some points of news on that. Well, they're, they're trying to eliminate what's known as the, the compliance guide, the CPG 400.400, which gives basic guidelines to how to produce the remedies, what, you know, what, what are allowed, what are not. And they want to eliminate that, which may, means, you know, you, you try to play tennis with, with no lines on the court and the judge says, I'll tell you if it's out or not, you know, you'll know it when I see it. Right. And they, they could basically say whatever they want at that point. So it's a, it's an untenable position. It's impossible at that point to conduct business. And that's basically an, an end-around way of putting homeopathic companies out of business. If they can, that's what they want to do. So, well, you, know, that's, you know, that's the ongoing dilemma because it's the only drug uh, category, official drug category, that competes with pharmaceutical drugs. And it's been around since uh, well, over 200 years. And uh, can you tell us about the Flexner report? 
how that uh, basically started to push out um, remedies like homeopathy, natural medicines, the Flexner Report of 1910 we mentioned the last uh, last hour. Yeah, well, 1910, Abraham and Simon Flexner preordained commission report by the Rockefeller Carnegie Fa uh, Foundations. We talk about it in Unlock the Power to Heal. Set up a, a commission to say basically say as long as medical schools teach the emerging field of pet and petrochemical medicines, they'll be funded, they'll be sanctioned, they'll be official. Anybody who doesn't, they'll be basically defunded and we'll call them quack schools. So it, it set the stage for the demise of natural medicine in the 20th century. Well, that's astounding. Uh, in the last minute or so, Robert, let's announce again that uh, you are touring here in Florida, in uh, Orlando on October 22nd, uh, October 23rd in Stewart, Florida, and the 24th in Cape Coral. Could you Coral, that Coral, Springs. Coral Springs. Yeah, Toonies, yeah. Toonies on the 24th. On the 23rd will be at Peggy's. Uh, in Stewart and Orlando for the International Integrative Holistic uh, and Iridology Congress. And uh, that's this weekend in Orlando. Hope to see everybody there. Links are up in the show notes, and I think you have them as well at robertscottbell.com in here. Yep, we got them up on the website. Uh, and uh, just go to theliberationstation.com. And uh, at the homepage, you can find the, uh, the link to this show. Well, Robert, I very much appreciate all you do and you're joining us and I wish you the best of luck in continuing the, the healing mission that we're both on. And to close the show, what do you say after every one of your shows? Well, Chris, you know it. It's the God's honest truth. The power to heal is yours. Awesome. Take great care.